Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered a new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Hello everyone and welcome back to What's Appa, a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Joyce. I'm Justin. And I'm Anand. And this week we want to give a special shout out to our friend Aditya who read the intro. This is episode 36 of our podcast where we'll be discussing Lake Laogai. So the first scene is Team Avatar at their place in Ba Sing Se, and Sokka is trying to make these paintings of Appa for the lost Appa posters. But they look like a four-year-old did them, and he's just getting absolutely roasted by all the other members of Team Avatar. And I thought a kind of funny detail is that in this scene, Momo is actually licking Toph's feet in the corner while Toph's just chilling there, and Sokka's mm-hmm. working on the painting. And I was like, this is gross, but also kind of funny. <laughs> Do you think Toph can, has like x-ray vision in Momo? Yeah. <laughs> she can like see all of his like internal, like his anatomy and like bone structure <laughs> through the looking. Um, yeah. Another thing that we discover is Sokka is actually a lefty. Um, and I thought lefties were supposed to be creative, but here he is just uh, absolutely doing terribly at drawing um and another fun fact is that these drawings the bad ones are actually done by staff writer john o'brien so there you go successful uh tv show writers don't have it all anyways guitar and ang actually return eventually with the printed posters and a fun fact is that these these professional versions were actually designed by co-creator brian Knitsko, and the calligraphy on the posters read have you seen my flying bison? His name is Appa. He has six legs and weighs 10 tons. If you have information, please contact Avatar Aang in the Upper Ring 96th District, House 217. Um, <laughs> and it's House 217 because this is episode 17 of season two. So it's oh. kind of a cute detail. Also, I realize it's kind of sketchy that he's just giving out their address to anybody (laughs) like somebody like Azula could like pick up this poster, find them and just like murder him and the war would be over. Silly, silly stranger danger. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Meanwhile, in the middle ring at Pau's tea shop, uh, we see a man who compliments Iroh on his tea. And this man happens to have the name Quan. So Quan is asking Iroh what he thinks about having his own tea shop. Yeah, and Iroh, of course, is very excited. But just a fun fact about Quan is when Iroh eventually starts his tea shop, the Jasmine Dragon, he actually names a blend of green tea after Quan um, to thank him for his patronage. And apparently this green tea is only for the refined palates of the people of the upper ring. I also just have to comment. uh, I feel like usually when you see last names like Quan or Duan, it's like D-W-A-N. But on the wiki, it's spelled Q-U-O-N, which is very peculiar. I keep thinking it's Q-A-N-O-N. So (laughs) from here on forth. Yeah, something suspicious about this guy. 
<laughs> just kidding. He really just provides everything for Iroh, makes all his dreams come true. He's actually just a great guy. <laughs> just like what QAnon promises. <laughs> <laughs> and Iroh is like so happy. He accepts the guy's offer. Um, and Iroh's like, wow, we're, we're going to make such better lives for ourselves. But Zuko doesn't seem to care. And he kind of wanders his way outside. He's kind of being all sullen and annoying and he goes outside and one of the oppa posters happens to land in his hands and he realizes ang is in the city and so he climbs up to the roof and kind of has this determined expression in his eyes and i think as soon as he reads the poster we see his eyes like kind of twitch and i think something snaps in him and you know that'll be a theme throughout this episode it's zuko realizing that ang is living it up in the Inner circle. Yeah, he's just yeah. jealous of Aang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the next scene, uh, Aang bursts back into 217 uh, with the squad, and they're like playing some game on the desk. And he comes in, he's like, Oh man, you know, like I wish you could find Appa. He's like, Oh, I should be patient. And he sits down, and then immediately someone like knocks on the door. He's like, Oh, the patient thing really works. Um, <laughs> which is just fun comedic timing uh but yeah so they hear a knock on the door yeah and just a fun fact is katara and sokka are playing a game here and it's actually the same game that iroh is playing on the ship in the very first episode of the show on zuko's mm. ship um and i think it's supposed to be something like go fish i don't know uh has a bunch of tiles interesting anyway so they open the door and lo and behold it's judy number one <laughs> Judy number one is back. Uh, you just can't shake her. But um, the music here was really scary. And this is definitely kind of a jump scare. Uh, it definitely made me um, shiver <laughs> a little bit uh, when they open the door. And it's her bright smile <laughs> with the creepy music. Yeah, they've got great dental plans in the Earth Kingdom. Uh -huh, Foreign uh -huh. services <laughs> or I guess cultural department. Um, it's just government benefits, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the things you do for great dental plans. Um, mm -hmm. So Sokka says, what happened to you? Did the daily throw you in jail? And then Judy says, oh, I simply took a short vacation to Lake Laogai out in the country. It's very relaxing. Um, and then she proceeds to tell them that putting up posters are, in fact, illegal. Um, and then Aang gets incredibly mad at her, and he basically threatens her and says, we'll do whatever we want. Yeah, and Judy actually mentions this place called Lake Laogai, which, you know, we'll, we'll find out what that place is very soon. But I just have some fun facts about Lake Laogai. So first, Lake Laogai, of course, has been around long before the beginning of this show. And uh, centuries ago, Lake Laogai was actually used as a high security prison by the Earth Kingdom for criminals. Um, so I wonder which one's harder to get out of, Boiling Rock or Lake Laogai, because mm -hmm. they're both pretty uh, scary. Anyways, um, Laogai is also an abbreviation for Laodong or something like that um which means reform through labor i'm just trying really hard to nail that um and the name actually refers to the use of prison labor in the uh, people's republic of china so uh lao guy or something where a series of prison camps where the opponents of the chinese communist party were sent to work 
uh, sleep labors. So um, yeah, with that dark undertone, we're really, really setting the tone for kind of the uh, political like wrongdoings and terrible things that are going on um, on the dark side of Bossing Say. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Aang in this scene gets really mad really quickly, which is seems uh, very unlike him. Although I guess we're talking about Appa here, and it's it's been a little while. Also, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they were able to distribute flyers uh, um, through the air, like with air bending. They're kind of able to get around the censorship of the times, which is an interesting application of air bending. On a much lighter note, there's a cool pro vending team called the Lao Gai Lion Turtles that exist in Korra. <laughs> um, really scary. That's like so messed up, actually. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. think about the the meaning behind Lao Gai, that's like if you were to name something after like <laughs> like the, no, like a the soccer Nazis team, like the Auschwitz something. Aces or something. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. How are they not canceled? (laughs) Bring cancel culture to the legend of Korra because that team should get canceled. (laughs) Yeah. And then Aang says, from now on, we're going to do whatever it takes to find Appa. And then there's a shot of them like leaving the uh, apartment 217 and Toph has like just blown a hole into the side of the building casually. Um, and then there's a panning shot where there's a couple of Dai Li agents looking over the roofs at uh, Team Avatar, and they look very mad. Very mad at all the taxpayer money being destroyed by Toph. Mm-hmm. That was just such a crazy <laughs> response from Toph to just destroy half this building. Like, she must have been so, like, had so much pent-up energy. It's crazy. Um Anyways, yeah, Team Avatar is now going out and about in the city and putting up uh, Appa wanted posters. And they split up and Katara is putting up a poster by herself when we hear Katara in the background. And it's Jet, our favorite character. Um, And Jet's like, I think I can help you. And Katara turns really red and gets really angry. And she attacks with these like ice shards and like massive waves of water and she's like tell it to some other girl jet um and i was just like is she really attacking him with icicles right now like she is murderous um anyways he runs away is that your first response when you meet someone like meet your ex i feel like you'd have some conversation first you wouldn't just go right for the ice shards. Yeah, it was definitely an a I think a bit of an overreaction, but also he totally was like a player and also like he is kind of a murderer almost also. So, I don't know. I feel like she probably feels quite betrayed. Anyways, he drops his swords after he gets like pinned in a corner. Um and he like reaches behind his back slyly and all of a sudden he has like this smirk on his face and um, eventually we find out that it's like the oppa poster. But I don't know. I just think like there's this and another moment where I'm just like, why do they do this just to like make, you know, just to create suspense. But it's just like very suspicious. I feel like they do this with Jet all the time. Like, I feel like he's just like not a real character. Like he's just a plot device and they just make him do all these like kind of suspicious things just for the appearance of in that one moment to kind of throw you off. Mm. Until later in this episode when he becomes a person magically at the end and we all feel sad. Yeah, he he does have a redemption, redemption arc. Um, 
anyways, Katara's like, Jet's back. And uh, fun fact is whenever, uh, when Team Avatar appears and they see Jet, everyone's mouths drop in surprise, including Toph's. However, Toph has actually never really met Jet because she was not present in season one. So it's a little bit of an animation Mm. goof. Maybe she just felt left out. (laughs) How could she even see that everybody was like, (laughs) had gaping mouths in the first place? Because she can see. That's true. That's true. Um, anyways, Katara's like, we can't trust anything he says. And Aang's like, Katara, we have to give him a chance. And Jet's like, I've changed now. I don't even have the gang anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Jet takes him to a warehouse um, where, you know, he thinks Appa is. And Appa isn't there, but they find some of his fur. And Aang's like, oh, we missed him. And this guy comes in, this old man just sweeping around. His name is Old Sweepy. And he's like, they took that big thing yesterday. And Aang looks up, shipped him out to some island. About time. I've been cleaning up fur and various uh, leavings all day. All right, guys. Here's my uh, conspiracy theory of the day. So most people in the Avatar Wiki, regardless of how insignificant they are, including Hope's parents' sister, all have a name. Except this guy, Old Sweepy. No name in the wiki, right? Suspicion number one. Number two, there's only two people in the entire series where Toph cannot tell that they're lying. One is Azula, obviously because she's a cold-hearted killer. The other (laughs) one is Old Sweepy. So clearly this guy is one of the most powerful people in the entire Avatar universe. They just, you know, just dropping it just like that casually. And we never see him again. Yeah, so many dropped characters. Remember um, Ping? And he was going to have a, a twin Pong. Maybe it's maybe this is him. Maybe this is him after he's been brainwashed <laughs> and tortured by the dying. Yeah, after. Literally. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. All dark. right. Yeah. I mean, I like Justin's theory. I, I personally think he's not lying in this scene. He like actually just believed whatever they were talking about. So mm, old that's a good a, way to... is a nice old man. I don't know. I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but yeah, I think that he is a Daily agent, but he's been, or I think he's a he's been brainwashed by the Daily. Well, all the old men in the show are very powerful on it. Yes, powerful old man number ten, old sweepy, most powerful of them all. <laughs> So he continues, Foreman said some rich royal type on Whale Tile Island brought him up. I guess for a zoo or such. So it could be the meat that'd be good. And I don't know. I think there was another. It was also in the last episode or Appa's last days um, when they were just like, I think he was like passing out or whatever. And somebody was like, oh, let's take him to the butcher or whatever. And I'm like, why is everyone trying to sell and eat Appa? Like, it's actually so appalling. But Aang actually does not like even wince at this comment, which I thought was really crazy. Um, Anyways, I'm just sick of everybody talking about eating Appa. (laughs) And I guess, you know, old Sweepy on his Wikipedia page, there are people speculating. But one of the theories is that he was an undercover Daily agent um, who... Or he is, I guess, currently an undercover Daily agent who is there to keep an eye on the lower ring of Ba Sing Se. And he, you know, is, can spread misinformation or do whatever Long Fang wants. Um, 
But apparently the way he got there in the first place is he was moved there or he was like stationed there by Long Fang um, because he botched a previous assignment. So he was destined to forever just pretend to be this like old janitor <laughs> laborer guy. He's just an old man. I'm telling you guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's Long Fang's right hand man, actually. <laughs> <laughs> i'm way too trusting guys i'm way too trusting no because the lower that makes sense the lower ring is probably the first place where like up uprisings would happen so we have to have um these people stationed among them <laughs> he's the most powerful daily agent yeah so then the team talks about his comment and they're like they find out that whale island is actually very far it's actually near the south pole and it would take weeks to get there Yes, and a fun fact about Whaletail Island is it's actually an island territory of... It was an island territory of the Air Nomads. And this island actually gets its name from its distinctive shape. Of course, it looks like a whale's tail. Um, but water tribes, the Southern Water Tribe in particular, also has this lore around the island claiming that whales can never be found anywhere near the island because this island is the largest tail of all the whales. So the other whales, like, stay away. I think it's also the second animal island, right? The first one being Kangaroo Island, where Ing says Ooh. he was from. Yes. That's a good good call. More animals. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's secretly alive like the lion turtle is, too. <gasps> Maybe it's wow. really actually it's a whale. It's been just, like, chasing off the other whales for... I mean, yeah. That's what that's what the sailing lore of the Water Tribe claims. Yeah. And then Aang says they have to try to find Appa. And, you know, old Sweepy comes back into the picture, just sweeping. And he's like, must be nice to visit an island. I haven't had a vacation for years. And then Tara just snaps at him. She's like, don't you have some more hair to clean up? <laughs> yeah, this is so rude. I just don't understand what got into her here. Um, he did nothing wrong yet. That they know of, yeah. And so the gang fans out, you know, they go to um, start go towards the island. And then Jet and Katara kind of talk a little bit and you can sense there's tension. And then um, Katara kind of snaps at him again. And then Jet like storms off and then Katara's like annoyed. And then Toph to Katara's like, was this guy your boyfriend or something? And then Kaf's like, no, what are you talking about? And then she walks away and Toph's like, I know you're lying. It was revealed earlier that Toph can actually tell when people lie because she can sense their heartbeat and some other physical factors that go on when people lie. So that's how we knew Jet was telling the truth. Um, but here again, it comes back. And this time it's kind of just a funny throwaway line. Um, but we'll see it comes back again um, much more seriously. I would watch the heck out of a spinoff show where... The daily agents just send old Sweepy on like various missions around the lower ring. <laughs> just spying on just like completely normal people, convinced they're spies for the Fire Nation or whatever. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyway, so the Aang gang prepares to go to Whale Tail Island, and as they're walking around town, uh, Smellerby and Longshot see Jet and they run up to him and they're yelling his name. Um, and then Smellerby says, we were so worried. How did you get away from the Dai Li agents? And then Katara is shocked that Jet's lying to her yet again. And But he has 
absolutely no clue what they're talking about. And then Smeller B says, he got arrested by the Dai Li a couple of weeks ago. We saw them drag him away. And then Jet's very confused at this point because he has no clue what's going on. He says, why would I be arrested? I've been living peacefully in the city, which is like the least inconspicuous line you can possibly give. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Toph says, they're both telling the truth. And then Sokka comes to the conclusion that Jet has been brainwashed. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like how he came to this conclusion. Um, I feel like it's much more believable that like Smellery just saw the wrong person get arrested. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote sharp guy or crazy guy. <laughs> He's been reading too much like sci-fi, uh, like dystopian novels. Yeah. Um, and Jet's like, that's not possible. Because <laughs> no, no sane person would think that's possible. And somehow the entire crew including Smellerby and Longshot, just choose to believe Sokka, <laughs> and they just start, like, pacing towards him in every, like, <laughs> closing concentric circle of people, and Jess is, like, looking really freaked out. Uh, this is another, like, why would they do that moment? Like, I feel like this scene just doesn't really make very much sense. Um, maybe they think he's gonna run away, and so they want to, like, you know, enclose him, but... Yeah, I don't know. It was just told. It totally didn't make any sense. It was just meant to be. <laughs> Jet looks like like a cat that's like trapped at the edge of a table, trying to like hold onto the for its dear life as it falls. Uh -huh. Like, because very clearly, if this was real, Jet would like fight his way out of the situation. Yeah, but he just submits to his fate. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's because he's been living so peacefully in the city, he forgot how to fight. <laughs> Until you utter the uh, the code, the password. <laughs> Anyways, we got a little dose of comedy in the middle of this dark episode. Um, but in the next scene, the Daily are just pacing around at night. And? And importantly, there's a full moon. So we know this is an important episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the blue spirit actually runs through the alley and says, out of my way, skinny, which is the <laughs> hilarious, because what does that even okay, Zuko, you're just you're a twig. Um <laughs> it's also the first time Zuko ever speaks while disguised as a blue spirit, which again is stupid. Why would he even reveal why would he jeopardize his identity and why didn't he even do a he didn't even do a fake voice like this is just a, like a lame um alter ego then you're not even gonna give yourself like a a fake voice like batman um yeah anyways the blue spirit or whoever he is turns a corner and there's actually um and the daily agent is following him and then he actually sees this fake blue spirit decoy um and the agent like winds up to like hit its head off and then turns out it's just like a scarecrow thing um and then zuko actually gets the agent under his control and is like come with me if you don't want to get hurt or something like that anyways i was just thinking like how long did it take for zuko to make that make that little scarecrow but i guess it worked so i mean paid off in the end that's true yeah Good arts and craft skills Suko. Mm-hmm. unlike Sokka. yeah wow that's the real point of this episode so azuko is a foil for Sokka in the first scene in this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly we've solved it all right so then we flash back to the gang and we're just in in at home 
Um, Jet is strapped to a chair and he's being viciously interrogated by the gang. <laughs> and so they're able to figure out that the Daily probably sent Jet to mislead them. And, you know, old Sweepy was totally misleading them too. Uh, and then Aang's like, I bet they have Appa here in the city. Maybe he's in the same place they took Jet. Where did they take you? Um, but Jet can't seem to remember anything. And Aang's like, we need to find a way to jog his real memories. <laughs> and then Sokka's like, maybe Katara should kiss him. That should bring back some memories. And then Katara's really annoyed. And she's like, maybe you should kiss him, Sokka. <laughs> Which is great. And Sokka's just like, hey, it's just an idea. And then Aang's like, a bad one. He is so annoyed here. Like, you've yeah. never seen Aang more pissed off. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, he's been angry, but, like, he's just, like, pissed. <laughs> yeah. And especially after Sokka deduced this brainwashing thing, I would just listen to anything this guy has to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they tell Jet to think of something from the past that could trigger his emotions. And so Jet eventually thinks of the Fire Nation burning down his village and he starts sweating. And then he has a flashback um, and he sees his village burning and you see a Fire Nation soldier mounted on a rhino and you turn around and he turns around and you see that it's actually Colonel Monke, the leader of the rough rhinos who's burning down the village. And so we snap back to reality and Jet is like, no, it's too painful. Um, and he's just sweating profusely. And then Katara takes some of her uh, healing water and tries to heal his head and then try to get Jet to power through. And Jet has a flashback to Lake Laogai and Longfang. And then he also sees the agent who brainwashed him. And then Jet realizes, they took me to a headquarters under the water, like a lake. And then Sokka, flashbulb moment again. He's like, remember what Judy said? She said she went on vacation to Lake Laogai. Yeah, so cut to Team Avatar plus Smellerby, Longshot, and Jet at the shores of this pretty idyllic lake. And they don't see anything, um, but then Jet says that the headquarters is underwater, and Toph says there's a secret tunnel. So, secret, secret tunnel, tunnel. Secret number two. Tunnel. <laughs> yeah, so then Toph just like stomps <laughs> the ground, and then this like whole like tunnel thing pops up. Um, and it's more like a manhole in the middle of the lake that they have to walk to. Uh, so they go down the tunnel and Jet's like memories being jogged. Um, and they walk by like a bunch of rooms. And in one of the rooms is just a bunch of Judy's like listening to commands, I guess, being programmed. Creepy. That's all I yeah. have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Super creepy. creepy. Very creepy. One of the creepiest things in the show, honestly. That fisheye lens, too, is just, like, so weird. Oh, yeah. There's, like, mood lighting, and I feel like the show only does fisheye lens in very intense moments, like when Sokka is just tripping balls in the desert after drinking cactus juice. And when and Momo now. sees anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Momo's life is one big trip. Yeah. So the Judys are are going through some stuff. Um, and then there's this like parallel back and forth sequence where like Jet's opening the door and Zuko's opening the door and then they walk in on like Appa. But turns out it was like Zuko who found Appa. And then when Jet and them walk into the door, it just cuts away. 
Mm-hmm. And then the door opens and we see Appa and we're like, oh my gosh, like maybe they found him. And then it's actually Zuko who finds him. And he's like expecting someone else. And man, that scene transition is just like so well done. Like this, I mean, this moment and like I think the Iroh and Zuko moment, but like, damn, they really got me there. Um, yeah. Exquisite editing. Yeah. Very well done. And so meanwhile, uh, Team Avatar goes into the room and they just get trapped and they look up and see Dali agents on the walls and they're just hanging from the ceiling like bats. And it's really crazy. And Long Fang is there and he orders the agents to take them into custody and they start fighting. And I thought this was a really fun fight scene. Uh, We see the whole team fighting together and a lot of their fighting kind of blends into each other. Like, and they each have their moments like long shots, Mellorby, Jet. Um, they all use their own individual we- um, weapons or bending. And I thought this was a pretty, pretty good fight scene. Um, so eventually, Long Fen kind of retreats into another room and Aang and Jet are the ones to pursue him. And turns out he's just baiting them because he drops them in another room and closes the doors. Yeah, now it's just a Long Fang showdown. And he's like, all right. All right, Avatar, you've caused me enough problems. This is your last <laughs> chance if you want your bison back. I feel like that's not how he talks. But anyways, Aang's like, <laughs> you do have Appa. Tell me where he is. And Longfang's like, agree to exit the city now and I'll waive all charges against you and allow you to leave with your lost pet. And they refuse. And Longfang's like, Jet, the Earth King has invited you to Lake Laogai. And then and Jet's pupils dilate and there's that little sound effect. And he's like, I am honored to accept his invitation. And then he attacks Aang. And I just I'm making a lot of Hunger Games connections right now. And I feel like this is how like this is when PETA has been programmed to like attack Katniss. Uh, I also feel mm. like them going into the manhole. It's like them going into the underground of the Capitol. And then he like attacks uh, yeah. Katniss. I like that. Yeah. 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 Anyways, pretty scary. And then they start fighting. Yeah, but just as soon as the action gets good, it cuts back to Appa and Zuko. And Appa is understandably freaking the fuck out that Zuko (laughs) is in the room with him alone. Um, And then we see a figure sneak into the room in the back. And turns out it's Uncle Iroh. And Zuko takes off his mask and he's like... What are you doing here, uncle? Uncle? Uncle. And then Iroh says, (laughs) I was about to ask you the same thing. What do you plan to do now that you found the Avatar's bison? Keep him locked in our new apartment? Should I go put on a pot of tea for him? And obviously he's like really pissed off. Yeah, and he's still funny, so he's just the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. Always Iroh with the jokes. Yeah. And then Zuko takes him a little too seriously and he says, well, first I need to get him out of here. And then Iroh like really starts yelling and he says, and then what? You never think these things through. And he starts pointing at him. He says, this is exactly what happened when you capture the Avatar at the North Pole. You had him and you had nowhere to go. And then Zuko says, I know my own destiny, uncle. And he like kind of stomps his foot. And then Iroh says, is it your own destiny or is it a destiny someone else has tried to force on you? I'm begging you, Prince Zuko, it's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big question. Who are you and what do you want? 
Brilliant performance. Wow. I actually like kind of got uh got got some goosebumps there. <laughs> the feels. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Justin, put in your resume for the the next Iro voice actor. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. This is just crazy because this is the only time when Iroh actually reprimands Zuko. And I don't know. I'm just I'm a question for you guys is like what do you think makes this the time? Like, why do you think this is the time when Iroh finally like puts his foot down? Because obviously he's done a million stupid things like the North Pole thing or like stealing the ostrich horse or even separating from Iroh earlier this season. And like, I don't know, just like so many things. So what, why this time? Mm. Iroh's just PO'd that he doesn't get to uh, <laughs> make his new tea shop. <laughs> That's part of it, yeah. No, I mean... Actually, kind of. I mean, I think this is really similar to season one. And maybe Iroh regrets that he didn't do anything to stop Zuko in season one because Zuko literally almost died. And it's a mm. similar situation. Um, like mm -hmm. Zuko really has no way to, nowhere to go once this is done. Also, I mm -hmm. think Iroh believes that their life is finally on the right track again, like he said earlier in the episode. And I think he doesn't want to ruin that. I think they he thinks they finally have a chance and... Yeah, doesn't want to ruin that. Mm, yeah. I like that. We also have to remember this is hot off the heels of Tales of Ba Sing Se, where he had the whole moment with Lu Ten. Mm, so mm -hmm. he's probably also emotionally in the feels. Yeah, that's Plus, a good point. you know, all that work and effort he put in teaching Zuko stuff during Zuko Alone and, you know, the chase. So maybe he thinks Zuko's done enough self-reflection that by this point he should be able to make good decisions. Yeah, I like that. All, all good takes. Yeah, so then we flash back to Jet and Aang fighting. And Aang is trying to, you know, reach out to Jet, a person on the inside. And he's like, Jet, I'm your friend. And we can see Jet kind of being conflicted. He's kind of going back and forth between who he was and this machine, brainwashed machine that he is. And Aang's like, he can't make you do this. You're a freedom fighter. And finally, Jet kind of remembers where he comes from and he snaps out of it. And then just about to, as he's about to attack Aang, he kind of fakes it out and throws his um, claw at Longfang. But Longfang just avoids it in a split second and knocks him out with, with some earthbending. And right before uh, it strikes Jet, it kind of goes through, flashes through Jet's life. And one thing I thought was interesting is that he actually does have a lot of memories of Katara, which shows that he did like actually care a lot about Katara, um, which which is pretty sad because you know Katara hates him um, for good reason. But still, it makes it makes it all the all the worse. Um, and there's kind of the slow mo, and you know that like something ba really bad has happened. And mm -hmm, Longfang kind of mm -hmm. scrambles away and he says, foolish boy, you've chosen your own demise. And then, um, you know, the rest of the crew comes in just in time and they're all really sad and they go to him and Katara tries to heal him, but says it isn't good. And so they're all kind of really sad. And then Smellerby and Longshot tell them to just go and 
Um, at first, they don't want to leave him. But then Longshot finally speaks. And he says, there's no time. Just go. We'll take care of him. He's our leader. Yeah, this is actually the only time in the entire series where we see Longshot say any words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really the extreme of pick when you speak. Carefully. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also shows, yeah, I, they did have a lot of respect for him too. Smaller shot. Uh, <laughs> smaller being long <laughs> shot. Smaller shot. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Smaller shot. And Jet, um, as his voice is kind of leaving him and his body force is kind of leaving him, he's like, don't worry, Katara, I'll be fine. And they're walking away and Toph whispers, he's lying. Yeah, this is pretty sad. Um, Actually, something that um, somebody or something that I read earlier uh, when I was doing research was like, Katara actually does have the spirit water still from Mm -hmm. the... Oasis. I don't know if that was just an oversight on the writer's parts or if she chooses to not use it. Um, I think I read in the DVD commentary that there's actually just like it was kind of like they forgot. Um, But this seems like it would be a time for her to use it. Um, So sad. Maybe Jet would still be with us today if the writers of the show just didn't have a a silly do a silly. Or maybe... She purposefully didn't because, you know, Katara can hold a grudge, you know. Katara is a cold hearted killer. (laughs) (laughs) That's her growth in the show. You know, in in season three, she doesn't kill the guy. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's her arc. I don't I don't like that. (laughs) Anyways. um, Yeah. So apparently. Jet's death scene, according to the creators of the show, went through several iterations and storyboard revisions um, because they were trying really hard to figure out the right way to show a character being fatally wounded on a children's show. And Kanitsko actually said that Toph's sensing Jet's lie is actually how they wanted to confirm that this is actually like that Mm -hmm. he died. Um, so, yeah, but of course, it was still very ambiguous, as is referenced in Ember Island Players. And Jean Luen Yang, who did many of the comics, the Avatar comics for after the show, um, he actually included Jet as a protester alongside Smellerby Longshot and Sneers in The Promise Part 1 initially, um, having believed that Jet didn't actually die and he could still be alive, but then eventually he was informed that no, Jet Jet definitely died in this episode. So yeah, it's pretty sad. Pretty sad. Yeah. I mean, it is really sad. Also, if you look at Jet's story, I mean, his whole life is really tragic. He was born and then Fire Nation took his whole village and his parents. Then he spent a lifetime in like gorilla fighting against the Fire Nation with other children. Then he goes to Ba Sing Se for a new start. And it was kind of some of his own doing that led him to get taken by the Dai Li. Like he didn't he didn't really grow in that aspect. But then he gets brainwashed. And then as soon as he snaps out of it and has something worth fighting for, he dies. So mm-hmm. it is very tragic. Yeah, but... You know, they have to leave him behind and the rest of Team Avatar goes out to find Appa. Um, but they realize they're too late because Appa's not in the cell anymore. 
and they leave Lake Laogai to try to catch up with Long Fang, but a bunch of Daily agents surround them when they try to run away. And so they, they're like outside of Lake Laogai now and, you know, they're fighting all the agents and Momo chatters on about something. And eventually we see Appa uh, materialize from out of this very bright sun and he just like whacks all the agents, takes them out like a boss and growls at Long Fang. Long Fang's like, I'll take you myself. And then Appa just like grabs him by the foot and like tosses him into the lake. Um, and yeah, we're really seeing Appa in like boss mode. Like I, it, gained, it kind of reminded me of Appa, uh, fighting that wild boar. Like, I feel like he was like really mad, um, ready mm-hmm. to take revenge. Um, and Aang hugs him and he's like, I missed you, buddy. And he cries and Katara actually also looks into the lake and sheds a tear, which was a detail that I mm-hmm. don't think I've ever noticed. Um, and I think it's pretty... Um, pretty sad and they all embrace at the very end and I guess just something I read is like which you can look uh, rewatch but apparently Momo is actually missing from this hug (laughs) but yeah (laughs) anyways Zuko and Iroh come out of the lake later and Zuko's looking pretty sad and Iroh's like you did the right thing nephew and Zuko takes his blue spirit mask and dumps in the lake Um, and I have another DBQ, but what does this symbolize? Like, what is the blue spirit to Zuko? Yeah, it's it's hard to know. I mean, obviously, the one blue, big blue spirit episode is when he saves Aang from the Fire Nation. Um, but in this episode, he's trying to steal Appa. So it's not clear. It just seems like some alter ego of Zuko that... When he has to go in stealth mode, um, he just kind of brings it out. So maybe it just represents Zuko trying to be at least a little bit more authentic and not living behind anything anymore and just trying to pick pick a path and, and, and move forward with that. Yeah, I like that. So one thing that I read, <laughs> I didn't come up with this, but um, something someone said was the Blue Spirit represents desperation. When Zuko feels like he has like nothing, nowhere else to turn. Um, so he has to kind of go rogue or like um, kind of like, yeah, yeah, like go vigilante or whatever. Um, and I think from now on, I mean, he definitely does kind of, you know, misstep, you know, and go in the wrong direction again or uh, and all that. But I guess he is kind of starting to become more content and satisfied and accepting. And even when he is, even when he eventually makes the decision to go with Azula, he's not like, not like scrounging or like grasping at straws. Like that opportunity kind Mm -hmm. of just presents itself. Yeah. It's like he can take his mask off by putting the mask on, but it's also like him being closer to like his mom too. Right. Mm, Yeah. Because the blue spirit mask is from, Love Amongst the Dragons play. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's like going more towards what his mom represents to him, which is like love and acceptance and not being a psychopath. And Iroh's like proud of him. He's like, leave it behind. And that's how this episode ends. So yeah, pretty, uh, an episode of a lot of, uh, you know, tying up a lot of loose ends. So to tie up this episode of the podcast, let's go on to our ratings. 
good one. Okay, I'm going to give this episode a nine. It's one of the best episodes of season two. Uh, it has a lot of stuff that is amazing. I think the Iroh and Zuko relationship here is obviously really great. Uh, Iroh's speech is one of the most memorable things of the show. Um, another one of the most memorable things of the show is Jet dying. And I think they did that really, really well. Um, the fighting scenes in this episode are really good. The music at the end when they're escaping Lake, Lake Loud Guy is like really epic. Like I, I really like that music, actually. The embrace at the end when they finally you know hug appa i thought the whole uh, reunion scene was actually really well done too and it is really touching um there are definitely some funny moments in this episode the whole concept of lake loud guys introduced in this episode which is just like insane and it really brings out like um it, it culminates everything about bossing say that we've already been feeling and and we kind of finally see the dark the, the darkest side of bossing say so I don't know, for all those reasons, uh, it's one of the best episodes. It just has <laughs> that one weird scene, I guess. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, it's it's really good. So I'll give it a nine. Whoa, high praise from Anand. <laughs> uh, I give this, initially I was going to give it a five, but I guess I'll give it a six. <laughs> um, yeah, very polarizing episodes as of late. I find this episode kind of boring. In doing research, there wasn't too much to research. It just kind of seems like a necessary episode to set up for the finale. And it bridges over a lot of events that happened earlier in the season. And as Joy says, it ties up a lot of loose ends. Uh, that being said, I feel like there were cool fight scenes, but they could have been cooler. And there are cooler fight scenes that will happen in the next two episodes that tie up the end of the season. And yeah, I don't know. Outside of that, there's just like a lot of very convenient things that happened. Um, I feel like characters in this episode didn't really have any agency. They were just kind of doing whatever they were doing with like very little like character growth. I don't know. <clears throat> just kind of feels like this is a necessary episode to move the plot on to get to the last two episodes where shit really hits the fan. We don't really learn anything new and you know, I honestly didn't realize Jet died the first time I watched this. It took rewatches to figure that out. And, you know, credit where credit is due, you can't have a character die on screen on a child's TV show, especially one that airs on Nickelodeon. So obviously they're working with restrictions, but that was very confusing the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um... Wow, everyone brings up good points. I <laughs> I almost wanted to adjust my score up after hearing Anand's, but I think I'm going to stick with it because Justin also made good points, but I gave it a six as well. Um, I feel like this episode is just centered a good amount around Jet. And, you know, I think he really comes a long way in this episode. And I think the, you know, actually I agree with Justin. I feel like I had to kind of like reanalyze to like understand that he actually dies um so maybe like it's not as impactful unless you kind of read into all the the lore um but i don't know i feel like he's just not my favorite character and i think um i think it would have worked better if there was just something just just a little bit more where like 
throughout the rest of the season, we were a little bit more attached or like a little bit more on his side. But I feel like the way they they write him is like we're so against him and he's just so unredeeming for a while, um, even though, of course, like his life is so sad and this is a sad end for him and um, all that. But I don't know. I think because it's so jet centric, I kind of just um, makes it not and makes me not as interested in the episode. Um, I guess there's not. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of action um, but the Zuko and Iroh stuff is really great. You know, I even like kind of forgot that that takes place in this episode because I feel like a lot of the rest of the episode is a very different mood to like kind of the um, intensity that is the last Zuko and Iroh scene. Um, I feel like it just feels um, it's creepy, but it's like very mellow and it's, it's not as like exciting for me. Um, so I give it six. But overall, uh, you know, it was a pretty solid one. And we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed our discussion of Lake Laogai. As always, we release on What's Up a Wednesday. So we'll see you next time for our discussion of The Earth King. If you want to stay up to date on when we release uh, or submit thoughts or questions on the episodes, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at what's underscore appa. Or you can email us at whatsappapod at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Play me a lot, man.